0: Hi, and welcome to the Restore Body Balance podcast. I'm Colleen Burns, licensed psychotherapist and founder of Restore Body Balance, where we combine psychology, biology, and neurology to enact life changes that stick.
1: And I'm Nico Yatanis, co-producer of this podcast. Our health is a precious commodity, and yet everywhere we go, we can get unhealthy foods and ease into a very unhealthy lifestyle from going to the gas station for more than gas, and staples for, well, more than office supplies. There are so many snacks and sweets, candy and sodas at the checkouts taking advantage of convenience. But even beyond that, natural flavors and made with, quote, natural ingredients seem to be thrown left and right. No wonder Americans are gaining weight without even realizing it. Today we will begin a conversation that will inevitably turn into many more when it comes to living a healthier lifestyle and ultimately living a longer, healthier life. So today's topic is on the Blue Zones, geographic areas that prove we can enjoy long healthy lives via a set of rituals, eating practices, and physical environments.
0: Yes, Nico, health is not a goal, it's really a vehicle. So I heard about the Blue Zones when studying at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Dan Buettner is the founder of Blue Zones and that's an organization that helps Americans live longer, healthier lives. He is a National Geographic fellow and has written three national best-selling books. Working with National Geographic and demographer Michael Poulin, they set out to find places that not only had a high concentration of 100 year olds, but also clusters of people who had grown old without problems like heart disease, obesity, cancer, or diabetes. These are places specifically like Ikaria, Greece, Okinawa, Japan, and the Sardinia region of Italy, Loma Linda of California, and the Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica. They circled these regions with blue ink on a map and thus I've heard a lot the about the Blue Zones. Zone.
1: It's an interconnected web of factors, right? What people of a community eat, rituals in their environments. So what is their secret? Is it hereditary in their genes? A certain diet? The water? Or even the air? I know when I lived in LA, I was thinking while the food is extremely healthy, the air is unhealthy, so it's probably not a Blue Zone. <laughs>
0: Right. Well, over time, they discovered a core list of lifestyle practices and also environmental factors that they eventually called the power of nine. They also offered food ideas, eating practices, and easy ways to change your environment that make it easier to actually live your longest best life. How did they
1: manage to discover the power of nine?
0: Well, they assembled a team of epidemiologists medical researchers dietitians anthropologists and demographers to find the answers and ultimately they came up with the power nine which are nine contributing factors of people who live the longest supported by their diet and community basically using your lifestyle medicine as i like to say one of the powers
1: had to be diet
0: In a way, yes, Nico. Basically, there were nine healthy lifestyle habits that helped these regions and their inhabitants to live long, healthy, and happy lives. All because their communities are built around what they eat, how they spend their days, and the people they spend time with. It's beautiful, really. Speaking of prescription for change, these communities simply live a life, not a restrictive diet or a killer workout. It's just what's available and how it's prepared and who they consume it with. So, yes, two of the nine factors are related to diet. One being what they call the 80% rule, and the other, what they're calling plant slant. The
1: 80% rule sounds interesting. And plant slant, what is that all about?
0: Well, the nine factors are in no particular order as far as I'm concerned, but just to give them some sense of you know, accountability, number four on their list, according to the Blue Zones Project, is adopting an 80% rule, which harkens back to what the Okinawans of Japan do. Here, they remind themselves to stop eating when they are 80% full. The phrase they use is bu." I'm not really sure on that dialect, so no judging. But according to the Blue Zones here in America, folks lost an average of 17 pounds in the first year by just adopting this principle. Simply saying bu" before beginning your meal reminds them to stop eating when they're 80% full. And also, don't forget, it takes about 20 minutes for your brain to register that you are truly satiated. And when you look at the plant slant, which just happens to be number five, it's all about beans, specifically fava, black, soy, and lentil. So these diets don't really include a great deal of meat, but instead they include beans for protein. Also, it seems to be the mainstay of their diets. And it's not strictly beans, but plants in general. So when you look at plant slant, you want to eat locally and fresh given the That's fascinating, given our world of
1: confusion around what and how much to eat, from the USDA food pyramid to our individual differences and preferences. I'm curious about the other factors.
0: Well, it's about lifestyle, and that just happens to be number one, which is move naturally. So moving in the environment that surrounds you, that could be a walk with a friend, and everyday occurrences, or commute, like walking or biking to work, or Tai Chi, Think about shepherds wandering their livestock. You know, they cross quite a bit of land, but it's not a hardcore workout, right? Or also take something like fishing, farming, beekeeping, and walking to your local market. Again, it's what we're not doing in America today. You know, when I had my first child, I stopped working. And so every day I would walk outside and I was surrounded by this amazing Asian population that I never knew existed in my neighborhood. They were practicing Tai Chi in the parks and exercising. And let me just tell you, Nico, these gray haired grandmas were walking right past me as I pushed my stroller. And they too were pushing their grandchildren and their strollers. This kind of every reminds me of, of Mark the
1: Sisson, the founder of Primal, a keto-based lifestyle. He often shares on social media how crucial it is to move around, and his favorite movement is ultimate frisbee, especially anything he can do with friends where it becomes a social activity. I used his Primal Kitchen avocado oil on pizza dough the other day. I was inspired by the local Oath Pizza whose secret ingredient is avocado oil on their crust.
0: Oh, I love oats. I actually didn't know that was their secret ingredient, so I'll have to go get some of that. And yes, to echo your Mark Sisson, he started Primal Kitchen after having a tremendous amount of knee pain and injury to his joints, training and running triathlons and marathons. He linked it to his diet and that form of exercise. So for him, adopting a ketogenic lifestyle worked to reduce inflammation and for him to feel healthier. I know that I'm happiest when walking with a friend. It simply doesn't seem like exercise, and the time flies, I laugh, find support, and it's just fun. Me too, or even
1: the group workout classes. It provides a community aspect that makes the time fly. Okay, so six to go. My next guess is some sort of mindfulness as that is everywhere and has been proven scientifically throughout the world.
0: Well, once again, Nico, you are one step ahead of me. And yes, it's twofold. So number two is purpose and number three is what they call downshift. So purpose basically is. Are you working to live or living to work? Research shows that waking up with a sense of purpose is again worth another seven more years of life expectancy. I remember at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, again, they talk about the Asian population having grandparents take care of grandchildren and even great-grandchildren. They interviewed many people. And like I said, I now have many friends of Korean and Chinese descent. And when they were going back to work, their parents were taking care of their children, basically raising their young infants and toddlers. And that means that they're also waking with purpose. It keeps them young at heart. Waking up to know that you were needed and that you'd be caring for your loved ones gave purpose. And in turn, they cared for themselves and then they got cared for when they got older by their children and grandchildren. So no nursing facilities in these families. It really was quite amazing. Everything has purpose. That's so
1: important to set a purpose. Like you say in your book, Prescription for Change, set an intention.
0: Yep, that's right, Nico, set an intention. And that's also why my subtitle is Using Your Lifestyle as Medicine. These power of nine communities just simply live like this every day. It's their culture their community and as Dan Butner says he said it gently nudges them and their family into following the right behaviors subtly or relentlessly but again that goes back to the power of community when you wake up and you're you know buying at the local market and having meals with one another and eating local herbs and foods and experimenting together and eating together it just sort of creates well, your and you lifestyle mentioned is
1: downshift. What is that all about? I'm assuming slowing down in our fast-paced societies, or maybe even slowing down the minds before bed.
0: Yes, basically, get rid of stress. And routinely. Okinawans take a few minutes each day to remember their ancestors, and the Athenians pray, and the Ikarians take a nap. So, you know, you're onto something and the Sardinians enjoy a happy hour. This is also why I set out to teach stress management every day and how much stress really does wreak havoc on our bodies. And also why I mention it every week in our podcast, taking time to slow down Yes, and be it seems mindful. today
1: we choose emails over people, booking meetings back to back and scheduling ourselves to the second. That's stressful. There's a fascinating movie called Never on Sunday that compares American culture to Greek culture, and in the movie the main character, who's a philosopher, travels from America to the country with the happiest people, Greece, in order to find out what went wrong and why American culture experiences unhappiness and stress. It's one of my favorite movies because at times I can get lost in stress, schedules, and overanalyzing. The first time I had to watch that movie, it was for a class, and it created cognitive dissonance in my head. I hated it. But then I marinated on it and realized that the movie, looking at my own culture from a bird's eye view, and sort of satirizing it, and comparing it to one of the happiest cultures, the Greek culture, made me more or less understand.
0: Yes, and we can actually save those stress hormones for when we really need them, right? We can connect with other people and have a chance to communicate and thus thrive. It's amazing what it does to your nervous system and okay, your so overall to recap,
1: health. We discovered move naturally, purpose, downshift, the 80% rule, and plant slant. So four to go. These are all great behaviors to adapt and where do our other habits and behaviors come into play? Like you mentioned happy hour with Sardinian culture. So how does alcohol affect these blue zones?
0: Okay, so now we're talking, yes, wine. That's wine? A big one. No way! Yes, the people in the blue zones have a drink of alcohol, one to two glasses a day with friends or food. Moderate drinkers seem to outlive non-drinkers. Also, I'm sure we could make the case for, you know, resveratrol and red wine, but truly with the Sardinian culture, they were just eating meatballs, drinking red wine, laughing and indulging. It's a better mix than you realize, but also that community spirit. We also could look at laughing, telling stories, or even just the comfort of what at least a Thank God it's Friday to end the work week, where we're actually trying to relax to ending the week. But it seems like we're all weekend warriors these days. So that moves us into our last three lifestyle habits. Number seven is right tribe. Number eight is community, and then lastly, number nine, love.
1: Right ones tribe. First. That sounds very familiar. I'm assuming that is your community or family. I actually studied something in my Understanding Television course that studied the long-term effects of the show Friends on social circles for its unconventional portrayal of family and domestic life in pop culture. And there are many articles on Google Scholar if any of you listening are interested.
0: Yes, social circles of support, which also create social behaviors. The Okinawans created what they call moai, which is a group of five friends who are committed to each other for life. And the Sardinians thrive on community and trust, borrowing money, helping with childcare, helping with a sick loved one. Where here in America, we generally scramble with finances, daycare, and leaving loved ones in nursing homes. Moai is an informal group created by people who to some degree commit to offer social, emotional, even financial assistance to one another. It originated when farmers would meet on a regular basis to discuss the best ways to plant crops and how to support each other should their crops fail. Today, a lot of us are actually in the habit of creating believe it or not their own moais which are things like social cooperatives that meet one another's practical needs problem solving planning pooling resources and collaborating they also serve as extended family where social and emotional needs are met managing a crisis reducing stress connecting emotionally at times and essentially a moai is a group of people that has your back and committed to all aspects well, of your well-being. Well, it's interesting in our
1: time of social distancing in that each family needs a bond or a word of trust these days to only socialize with one another.
0: Perfect analogy, Nico, and that is what is called Right Tribe, indeed. So, going back to community, again, we see researched, evidence-based findings such as, quote, faith-based communities that service themselves four times a month can have four to 14 years of life expectancy. And your faith doesn't matter but this could possibly be really any sense of spirituality. It's a sense of community, support, commonality, and spirit. I even say mindfulness and meditation groups or apps. That's a community. Jeepers, even your yoga studio, gym, PTO, Really, anywhere we gather, feel supported and heard. I know that I am part of the Brookline Chamber of Commerce, and during our businesses shutdown, I truly felt supported from going online and finding resources from other businesses, who was advertising that they were still open for takeout, banks that were offering financial support, etc. I really do still feel like well, as we move through this social distancing time that these types of organizations will have a positive effect on how we view the world and how it's changed I completely going
1: agree. I think we are down to our last power of nine. I'm excited to hear which one tops it off. Cue the Jeopardy theme song.
0: <laughs> I wish we had that. All right, enough waiting. Loved ones first. See, successful Blue Zone families put their families first, investing in their children. And again, we see care for elders. Also, if they have a life partner, again, we can see that can add up to three years of life expectancy. I know it's hard to imagine a time that you could possibly leave your child with a neighbor or beyond just borrowing a cup of sugar, but the Blue Zones Project set out to recreate these quote unquote zones in parts of the world and it did work from Minnesota to Finland. Just hit the Google machine and just put in Blue Zones, and you can find their miracle makeovers. From school lunches being overhauled to faith-based organizations making strides in education. The goal of the Blue Zones project is to make food and dining sacred, knowing which foods to eat and what quantities, and with family and friends. Also to laugh, communicate and create healthy networks, eat breakfast like you're a king, meaning ideally your biggest meal of the day, and cook at home so that you can take control of your ingredients. Remembering the bu, pause, say grace, or practice gratitude before you enjoy your meal. And remember what we always say, you can stress or digest. Folks even take on wearing a blue wristband for a few weeks to remind themselves to stop when they're 80% full. They also suggest putting leftovers away immediately after plating your meal so you won't be tempted to go back for more. And then even idea of some short fasts. A lot of religions call for fasts if we harken back to spirituality, but even eating your last meal beyond 6 p.m. allows your body to fast before breakfast.
1: Breakfast is just that, breaking your fast. And as odd as it sounds, I never even thought of that until you told me it, Colleen. I know that my breakfast doesn't start till 12 or 1 if you don't count coffee.
0: (laughs) That's right, we're not counting coffee, and again, breaking your fast we could even look at just when we eat are we eating with family or friends and that meal becomes a time for sharing and caring and don't forget to indulge that's another thing that the blue zones project hope to get across you need to celebrate and enjoy life a few times a week and just celebrate a life well lived Or maybe it's for you, it's just holidays and celebrations, but we need to I completely agree.
1: I guess there is no secret that explains why the people in Blue Zones enjoy long, healthy lives. It is easily an interconnected host of factors like what they eat, their social networks, daily rituals, and physical environments. Not to mention a sense of purpose. It all gives life meaning. Echoing our current times of staying home and re- discovering or even rediscovering our true values and purpose.
0: Yes, it's not just about where the food is grown, but how it is prepared and consumed and by whom. Any personal examples you'd like to sure. add in? My know? uncle
1: loves to cook, and he especially loves to prepare meals and host. He cooks everything from scratch, and he'll devote his entire day to preparing the meal he is hosting sometimes even weeks if he's cooking pasta from scratch. He'll also cook with ingredients that my aunt grew in her garden. They really complement each other and it shows in the way the food turns out. The food becomes the opening conversation piece at dinner and then it opens up to many laughs and good times. What about you, Colleen?
0: Well, growing up, I had a Irish Anglo family, but when my stepmom entered my life, I truly learned how to cook live love and laugh the food was center sundays were at grandma miranda's house and it was always a feast we would have antipasta then your main meal again homemade and from grandma miranda's garden then you moved on to salad and then finally a digestif which is anise or fennel and then after some time cleaning up the kitchen we then had coffee and then dessert it was an all-day affair and again All homemade. Not to mention the family spirit, camaraderie, and learning. There was no cell phones or TV. Just family, learning, laughing. That sounds really great. Are
1: there any parting words?
0: Let's go back to the Blue Zone guidelines. If any of you want to know more about the Blue Zones and why those particular nine geographic areas were so important, just go to www.bluezones.com you can also get any of the books i mentioned earlier but what they've come down to is a few habits like eat nuts beans fruits and vegetables so let's take vegetables they adopted veggies like fennel shiitake mushrooms squash sweet potatoes and wild greens. Also fruits like avocados, bananas, lemons, papayas, and tomatoes. In the bean category they seem to like black beans, black-eyed peas, chickpeas, and fava beans. Grains were barley, whole grain breads, brown rice, maize, and oatmeal. Nuts and seeds like almonds and really every region had their own particular nut but I would say any nut is important to snack on during the day. Then there was lean protein such as salmon, soy milk, and tofu. And when it comes to dairy, it appears soy milk and feta cheese. Feta cheese for its probiotics, which we hearkened to a few weeks ago. And beverages again were coffee, green tea, red wine, and water. And if you want to go to the specific teas to that region, just go to bluezones.com. That's a great resource.
1: And I know seasonings like garlic, honey, herbs, chili peppers, and our friend turmeric, with black pepper, of course. But what about the ones to avoid?
0: This is where (laughs) it's not the fun topic because we get into a little bit of what we do live today. So they suggest avoiding sugar-sweetened beverages, not too much salt and avoiding preservatives food is our most basic form of self-care and i can't say this enough times i say it to my mom all the time if you're listening don't save money on food it costs more money in the long run if you're not healthy there's a lack of energy and a lack of strength so these quote-unquote savings lead to greater expenses down the road for medications and sometimes hospitalizations your food becomes you you get the body you build and guess what you are worth every penny you put in it janine roth who is the author of over 10 books including the new york times bestseller when food is love, and also lost and bound, and women and food and God. But basically, she teaches groundbreaking workshops and offers retreats for over 30 years now. And when I hear her speak, she always begins her lectures with, your world is on your plate. We should make every effort to make each bite as nutrient-dense as possible. Nutrients are regulating our nervous system and neurotransmitters, specifically B vitamins, vitamin C, calcium, and magnesium. They're basically what we call the big That's a
1: great point about saving money and food costing more in the long run. There's a huge stigma around eating healthy due to its expected price, but in some cases, it's inexpensive and cost-effective. Trader Joe's, Wegmans, and even Whole Foods have cost-friendly options. Everything at Trader Joe's is non-GMO, for example, and there are a plethora of different guidelines that they have available on their website when it comes to where they source their ingredients. And I know when I say Whole Foods, you aren't expecting it since they used to be aligned with exorbitant prices, but since being bought by Amazon, all of that has changed. If you are a Prime member, you can save an extra 10% on sales and even get two-hour delivery for free. And you can even join a CSA, Community Supported Agriculture, localharvest.org. You punch in your zip code and you can connect with the family that grows your food. And I hear that you can blue zone even from the comfort of your kitchen, because where you cook and eat matters.
0: That's right, Nico, leaving space and readily available snacks that are visible to the eye, having smaller dinner plates, and having the right utensils handy, and storing food in glass, not plastic. That's just to name a few. Yes, you can even
1: blue zone from the comfort of your home, bedroom, and community. But we'll save that for another episode. Well, Colleen, thank you. We have learned a great deal about the blue zones and how to adopt a lifestyle that predicts longevity, health, and happiness. Hopefully, we can all use these tools and create one giant blue zone across the globe. So thank you for listening to the Restore Body Balance podcast. If you want to hear more from us, you can click the subscribe button. We also have a YouTube channel. And if you want to read the book on change or hear more about the programs, You can visit us on the web at www.RestoreBodyBalance.com.